Today's conversation is about the power of YouTube ads, specifically in-stream video ads, and your local marketplace as a primer and a driver for generating listings in your geographic farm. This is a critical conversation for your marketing in 2024. So if you're in the mode right now of planning out your marketing in 2024, this is a conversation to listen to from start to end because it will be a deep dive with an expert guest who's been crushing it in his geographic farm when it comes to generating listings, leveraging a variety of marketing channels, but really the, the straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of being what the consumer resonates with most when they say, hey, I wanna list my house, can we talk to you about selling our home, is the YouTube in-stream ads. This will be a deep dive in YouTube ads. We'll talk about calls to action. We'll talk about all the marketing that goes into how do you position yourself to generate and win more listings in your backyard in 2024. So thank you so much for watching This Week in Marketing. I'm pumped that you're viewing the show right now, listening, watching wherever you are streaming the show. If you're new to the channel, please make sure to tap that big red subscribe button and there's a little bell icon right next to it. If you hit it, it turns on notifications. So whenever we publish new videos like this one here, you're the first to be able to listen and take action on the ideas. Now, I said we have a special guest on the show and we do a returning guest for his second round on This Week in Marketing. Ladies and gentlemen, viewing or listening, I give you Mr. Shane Bergman. Shane, how are you, man? I am doing well, Jason. That introduction is incredible. And I'm the whole time I'm yeah. like, does this guy even breathe? Yeah, well, no. It, yeah. <laughs> you would think I practiced that, but no, I was completely off the cuff. <laughs> You would Off think. the cuff, I know. You you just told me you're going to do an intro. I was like, I'm going to have to give an intro really quick. From. It's incredible. Um, so I reached out to you, Shane, because you're crushing it in your geographic farm with YouTube ads. And I want to save the YouTube ads for a little bit. And I want that to be the cherry on the ice cream sundae, so to speak. But I want to talk a little bit about your approach to geographic farming, being that it's multi-channel. So just for the viewer or the listener, give us a sense of your farming activities. What does that look like? Well, there's a lot of activities that I that I do to specifically farm my area, and I guess to give like a little bit more context, I live in um, in, a, in a community with about 900 homes. There's a lot of construction, a lot of growth happening where I'm at. I'm kind of in the epicenter of just this 20 year master plan. That is yep. where I'm at. Uh, we built our home in here three years ago, and I, you know, moving in here knew that I wanted to come in and attack uh, from a farming standpoint. So all of these efforts and everything that I'll be referring to has taken me really three years to kind of get the momentum rolling yeah. with this. Um, but from a multifaceted approach, you know, I think we'll, we'll we'll dive into YouTube, which is something that has been new and and really amazing for my farming efforts, but. I do very consistent mailers. So at least once a month, we're mailing out um, the entire community as far as past trip, you know, transactions, what's under contract, what's active, what's what's sold. And that's just like a, it looks like a spreadsheet. It's nothing yeah. too sexy. It's transactions, a little call to action, which is a QR code. Anytime I have a sale in here, I send out another just sold postcard, uh, a new listing, same thing. That's like the mailing campaign to the side. Um, well, and while you're I thinking also, about, let me jump in. I, I meant to say this before. So you made a comment that this has taken quite a number of years to build up to, and now you're really reaping the harvest of all that work. And I think that's an important disclaimer when it comes to farming, because a lot of people are expecting immediate results. So yeah. I should hear you saying, no, 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 this is an investment in um, long-term growth. Can you give us a sense for how effective has your farming efforts been in terms of listings generated or uh, any kind of a marker that would give our viewer or listener some pulse for what, hey, what, what can I expect in terms of outcomes? 
Yeah, I mean, so it took me probably about a year and a half before I actually was able to get my first legit listing from from one of those um, sources. But as of now, I mean, we're I'm on, I'm on pace right now, but between one and two listings per month because of the initiatives that I have from the farming campaign. And that's in your um, little now, 900 residences area. Uh, it's expanded out at this point now because yeah. we have bumping communities that will have you know three four hundred homes. Um, uh, there's homes to the north of us which will have larger communities, but the the entire overarching community I live in is called Vieira. I the, the community that I live in or the subdivision is called Trisona Cove, but I have dominant market share in Trisona Cove mm. and then any of the like you know skirty neighborhoods in the area. How big is the area uh, broadly put? Roughly. Uh, probably nine miles. Okay. All right. So, so we're generating one or two listings per month and it's really the result of your farming, which so far you've described, we know YouTube ads are involved, but so mm -hmm. far you've described it as uh, mailers. So pick us up again. Let's talk about the multi-channel aspects of what does your farming strategy look like from a 30,000 foot view? Cool. So mailers, that's done. We've got that there. Uh, something else that I wanted to deliberately do is get into the community Facebook page. Now, I understand not every community has this, but where I live, every community does. So you see those community pages. A lot of times it's people just complaining about the neighbor's dog pooped in my yard or, you know, there's some <laughs> trash here, these sketchy people in the neighborhood. There's a lot of just kind of crap that are on there. But what I did is I went in and I started offering value. And, and what I viewed as value was I'm super analytical and data driven. So I wanted to provide my neighborhood's updates as to what it's looking like from a real estate sense. Yeah. I didn't want to do this weekly. I didn't want to do it biweekly. Monthly, I felt was too much. So I went in and I and I asked the community, I think that this is critical to say, hey, I just put together this 25 minute video with the Q1 results of 2021 or 2022, whatever, right? I, I just want to get your permission that it's okay to continue posting these on a quarterly basis. Mm. It takes me a lot of time and energy. I don't want to waste that if you guys don't find this valuable. That was wow. my first post essentially. And everyone was like, yeah, love this. This is amazing. You take the time to do this. It's so well done. You're funny. Like all these other things that I do in a video, they pick up on it. And now I have the permission of the community to do it. So the admin can't really go in and say, hey, you know, he's going in there, he's marketing, he's a real estate agent, he's selling yeah. something. I'm not, I, I asked permission from the community. You gotta give so the people the what they want. At a weird spot. Hey, you're looking to level up your marketing game next year in 2024, and I'm talking about video and social and email and your Google business profile SEO strategy. If that describes you, then make sure to check out our series of courses called Marketing Pro with courses that talk about all those subjects and more designed to make you a better marketer designed to help you attract and win more business in 2024 because guess what now and always the market belongs to those who market so if you're interested click the link in the description for more details so i love the permission getting consent aspect of it mm -hmm. and that also creates anticipation so you're doing it on a quarterly basis and yep. are you publishing the video the market update itself in the facebook group or elsewhere and you're driving to it so I put it as an unlisted uh, on, on YouTube, and then I share that into the Facebook group. And then okay. what I've done with those unlisted videos is I've now put them on my website for the communities that I'm serving these in. Because mm. I didn't do that before, but now it's like, I mean, it's a 20 to 25 minute video on average. Uh, so it's long. I go over a lot of things. Facebook is one thing, but now they're living there. So if anyone wants to go back, they can look at the archive of the videos that I've been doing for three years. That's awesome. All right. So a quarterly deep dive market update with permission deep, yeah. and consent to leverage the Facebook group. I, I suppose, what would you say to somebody watching if there's not an existing Facebook group to be a part of? Would you tell them to start I mean, one? I Obviously, yeah, I start it. I think when you start one, I know agents that do this, I know this is a this is a tact, but I think when you start the page and you're the admin behind it, it doesn't work as well. So like by joining the group as a you know a resident in here, now I'm able to contribute versus if I was on the admin side, I think it'd be 
a conflict of interest. So if yeah. there's not a group, yeah, you know, you're in a you're in a point where you should probably create it. But if there's an existing group, jump in there and create the value. And if I can talk a little <laughs> bit about like how I'm doing these videos, it'll just be like high level. Sure. You know, there are there are other apps that you can do this, but for the most part, you can broadcast it with Loom. So any yeah. script time I'm doing screen share, I use Loom. I get my slides ready on my screen. I'm just looking at the MLS. I might have some other tabs for it. And then I just record in real time and I'm kind of walking through it. I've got a got it down to a cadence and a sequence now, but it's as simple as that. Like I don't want people to think they have to overthink these videos and they have to do like OBS and they have to have a cool little stream deck and a roadcaster, like all this other crap. Like you could just do a Loom. That I'm staring it's, at it's on free. my table right now. <laughs> yeah, just you. I'm talking about you. But yeah. you could do that and really, really basic. And most of my videos that I'm doing are, are that. Like just before we jumped on this call, I sent out a neighborhood update with Loom. It's L-O-O-M. Yep. It's just a screen recording. It shows my face in the bottom left. It's very, very, and then you send a link. So I think it's brilliant. I think it also gives a level of, hey, this is insider information. This is special access. This is just for you because it's an intimate sort of casual dialogue. And, and I would also encourage anybody watching, don't be like 20, 25 minutes may seem like a lot, but think about how you talk to a client. If you're at the kitchen table yeah. and you're going through comps and you're talking about the marketplace, uh, I've watched your videos before, these market updates. They're not marketing content. They are behind mm -hmm. the scenes, me talking to you as an expert, just casual videos that are useful to somebody who wants to be aware of what's happening in the broader marketplace that could affect their decision to maybe sell or to continue yeah. living where they are. And I think it's also like it, my personality shines through too. So like automatically people are like, ah, I either like this guy or don't. And then if they like me, right. they'll hang around. And then I'm able to like input humor. And like there's streets in our neighborhood that are like known as like the party street or the street where it's like, ah, if you live on Polikney, like you're this type of person. And I know <laughs> that because I live in here. So I, I po you know, poke the bear on these videos. And then yeah. what it does is it engages comments. When I see people in the neighborhood, they'll be like, oh, I like your little jab about Polikney. Like they do suck. <laughs> Archdale's the street. Like this little like these little things these yeah. nuances that you know because you live there that other people don't just i think builds confidence and it allows you to like humanizes you and that's I, what i why i really love those videos it does and i also think we're living in a culture right now where we are inundated with short form professionally buttoned up videos everybody's watching mm -hmm. video 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 and it can seem a little bit outside looking in and not inside scoop or inside track to connect with somebody and I believe there's an appetite right now in the marketplace for people to want to connect with longer form content. We know in general, when a consumer or a viewer is willing to watch a video for longer, it signifies a greater level of intent. So what would you describe as the kind of person who's willing to watch a 20 minute market update quarterly? Talk about their avatar in terms of intent or who they are. I mean, it's probably someone that's looking at selling in the next 24 months is, yeah. is really what I've dialed it down to, or it's someone that is keeping so close tabs on the area because if they're not thinking about selling, it's just because they're analytical and they're an engineer, which at the end of the day, those are the clients that I'm all automatically attracted to. Yeah. But I think the most people that are absorbing this content and they're paying a lot of attention because they're thinking about selling in the immediate or near future. And then I'm, I'm guessing they start to make, when they're talking to their friends or neighbors and so forth, they start saying, well, did you watch Shane Bergman's video? He talked about this or he said that. And all of a sudden you start becoming their thought leader in terms of the overarching marketplace in your geographic farm. I think it's Definitely. awesome. I mean, even like I have a, a listing appointment coming up this week in my neighborhood and the guy's like, he's literally quoting me in the, <laughs> in my videos about the price per square foot or the other nuances to his floor plan. And then he admitted it too in a text to me. He's like, you know, here's just my view on the pricing, but I got that from you. Because you do videos. <laughs> and I'm like, it's, the know, listing presentation's so already funny. started though, because the video has yeah. already started, right? 
All right, yeah. so you've got your uh, mailers, postcards mm-hmm. with QR codes, nothing overly aggressive or pushy. You've got your Facebook group with permission and consent to leave long form videos. You do that on a quarterly basis for market updates and you jab at and you become very obviously living in the community based upon how you talk in those videos. What else, before we dive into YouTube ads, is there anything else that's a part of your farming strategy? So open houses, um, okay. I, if I do an open house in this community, it, it is known that we're going to, we're going to take it to the next level or yeah. three. Um, the last one we did, you know, we had a taco truck out in the driveway. I've heard other, other people kind of shit on this. Uh, and I, I don't know if I could say that, but I've heard people talk about these ideas, how they're not great, but what it does is it creates the community knows my open house styles and what they I agree. do. And, and I think if you're an agent and you're not honest with your client and telling them why open houses, like why we do open houses, I'm, I'm blunt with my, my sellers. I say, Hey, the, the, pro- the probability of me selling this house during an open house is like less than 5%. It's closer to 1%. It's closer to one. The reason I do it. Yeah, it's closer to one. And the reason I do it is because like, I'm going to meet other people in the neighborhood. I might get other clients from it, but I don't know who they know. And that's why I honestly do these because we could find a seller through three different channels of it, but ultimately it's more self-serving for me. And I, and I start with that and still people love these. And so when I do the open houses, like we're making a a big deal about it because like, it's fun. It's my farm. It's my neighborhood. I want to invest the money and I want people to know that like, this is how we do it. Well, I don't think anybody who would point the finger at the spectacle of having a taco truck or something fun like that in open house is making the assumption of they're for buyers. But statistically speaking, they're not for buyers. We know that like 1% of people are going to buy an open house. Yes, you can lead generate. I just did a video on open houses from a lead generating standpoint uh, a few weeks ago, but by the time you're watching this video, however... I think that the, let's call it a spectacle, the taco truck or the attraction and the draw makes it an event that allows you to have a reason to invite the neighbors because they are the ones who possess the information of who that likely buyer might really be and they're the greater advantage. And so I'm assuming then there is some kind of a method to attract the neighbors to actually show up. What does that look like? Yeah. Yep. So same thing. Go back to the Facebook page and then I do this invite. It's not an invite like, hey, come to my open house. I want you to look at this home. It's like, hey, I want to give you tacos or hey, (laughs) I want you to come over because I have a margarita bar or hey, I have an ice cream truck and I know your kids love ice cream. It's in the driveway. I don't even care if you come into the house because ice cream is there for two hours. So please, I had to pay a minimum. At least let me hit that minimum. (laughs) And it's that. And and the people still come through and they're like, hey, we saw your open house, you know, so it's on the Facebook page for the bigger ones. I will do mailers as an invitation, but I, I'm also I'm not a guy that I'm not going to go door to door and hand out flyers for an image. I know that works for a lot of agents, but I'm a very digital kind of working guy. So um, it's going to be through Facebook yeah. or potentially mailers yeah. to invite them to these um, to these events. And then there might be an ad behind it, too, which I know yeah. will. We'll kind of jump into. Well, and I also think that, and we'll jump into that next, but I also think like the fact that you have the Facebook group, the fact that you have a digital broadcast mechanism to get the word out, it's not to say you can't go door knocking or cold calling or no. circle prospecting. That's fine. Um, it's simply to say by whatever means it takes to get the neighbors to show up, that's what you should do. Whatever is most natural to you, that's what you should do. And I got to applaud you once again, you got the consent of the homeowner. You explained why you're doing what you're doing. You took full, like you were willing to say like, this is, this is my business. I'm building my business and here's how I can serve you. And you were very upfront and transparent, which I think gives uh, sellers even more confidence in the person they're working with to sell their home. Let's talk about YouTube yeah. ads. Um, okay. And I'd love to do sort of a 101, 201, 301 crash course on YouTube ads. And for the person watching, you may or may not be familiar with YouTube ads. Uh, YouTube ads, obviously YouTube is owned by Google. Google is a search engine. YouTube is also a search engine. But the, com- the types of ads we're talking about today predominantly are what are called in-stream ads. 
And those are effectively the commercials that you'll see on a YouTube video before, during, or after the video you're, you're actually attempting to watch. And those ads, I'm gonna let you explain this, I won't steer your thunder, but they can be targeted geographically, they can be targeted at specific audiences. Talk about how, you, let's talk about how you're using YouTube ads first, and then what are the videos that make up your commercials? Well, Jason, the YouTube ads are your thunder because I learned them from you. Well, I <laughs> so, didn't make them up. I learned them from YouTube and from Coach David Caldwell <laughs> and other people in our ecosystem. Well, I was not doing them before you, so I have to applaud Coach you David Caldwell that, was the first in our ecosystem I'm aware of who was using YouTube ads, <laughs> and he was he was crushing it. Credit goes to him. All right. Well, either way, um, so with the with the YouTube ads, the way we're, we're doing the in stream right now is um, they are I'm actually I'm literally filming the the videos in the homes in this neighborhood because I want people to recognize the footprint or the way it looks because the homes here are all identical like there's yeah. some feature of it so i so i like that because i think from a visual standpoint people kind of be like oh i know that house or i know that floor plan yeah. and then we, we intentionally try to make them really short and are, we're trying to also put in a little bit of entertaining a little bit of humor and a little bit of like captivation because i want people to stay around if they're going to stay around for it um so the ads that we've been really playing around with they encapsulate all of those and then we've really had some fun with the call to action. And I know you want to talk about I that, do. but it's basically a way for us to say, hey, I want our ads to come across as different. I want them to come across as like, I can recognize that, but I also want them to come across as that's a guy that I either love or hate. Like yeah. like all of my marketing, I feel like is is polarizing. And that's something that is is me. I'm a very polarizing person. I, I, I was always, always have been. I wanted to tell you. And I, <laughs> but I haven't leaned into it for, for a really long time. And it's just been the last couple of years where I'm like, you know what? I, I love that because I either want people on my side or not, because I'll be your best friend or your worst enemy. And I'm, and I'm completely okay with that. Yeah. I would frame that and say polarizing, not in the sense that you're sensational or that you are, mm -hmm. um, clickbaity or that you're controversial. It's just that you're pretty definitive and kind of a driver yeah. personality to the point. And that may not mm -hmm. be for everybody. I don't want to give somebody watching the consent to go be completely absurd for the sake of clickbait. <laughs> On, on their videos. However, when you put yourself on video, I often talk about this, we are in a relationship-based business. It's a know you, like you, trust you business. And there's no kind of medium that is more honest about who you are to be known, liked, and trusted than video. And so when you put yourself on video, you're going to attract your tribe. It's uh, what does Tom say? Your vibe attracts your tribe. And so video is gonna be the ultimate driver or facilitator of, of that idea. Um, okay, so first of all, you said that these in-stream ads are short. Define short for us, if you wouldn't mind. I was trying to hammer it less than 60 seconds. Okay, now- I think the last one we did was like 40-something. Can I put a little uh, FYI in there? I would aim for more than 30 seconds for anybody watching. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because the way you get billed with these ads is it's called a true view. And historically with YouTube ads, true views are somebody who watches for at least 30 seconds. And so if your video is less than 30 seconds, you pay after 11 seconds. So you actually save money if you go over 30 seconds, but I love the idea of under a minute. So they're relatively short and you're inside the property. Talk about why you're inside the property a bit more and what sort of offer is being made in these videos. So I, I want to be in the property because it's we're doing listing videos already there. So I'm being efficient with my videographer and our time. But also, secondly, I want people to when they see it, they're going to know the backdrop. They're going to know yeah. the, something about that home, whether it's the way the kitchen is designed or the crappy light fixtures that are in a lot of these homes. You know, something like that. They're going to recognize that, and then they're going to be like, they're going to try to figure out like what what which they're looking at, yeah. and also listen to me. So I, I love that aspect of it. So you said they, which means you must have some specific targeting. So talk about who you're targeting with these YouTube in stream ads. 
Yeah, so with YouTube, it's interesting because you're able to kind of target uh, a geo area and get really, really kind of dialed in on it. So yeah. we're, what I'm doing right now is I'm targeting my farm, which is 32940. And I understand that not everyone is able to target a right. zip code. Right. Well, so I'll chime in on that. So there is what's called personalized ads, which is the, and there's specifically a subgroup called housing. Um, you may be aware if you're watching or listening that on Facebook, they have what are called special ad audiences, which is effectively in the US fair housing laws. And it's Facebook or Meta's way of staying compliant. Well, Google's also staying compliant through what are called personalized advertising policies um, specific to housing. They don't generally approve targeting by zip code. Some people get away with it. They don't generally approve it. But what's interesting is they do let you target, in some cases, subdivisions, neighborhoods, and what are called privacy-safe radiuses, which a privacy-safe radius does not appear to be disclosed as to what is a privacy-safe radius. From what I've been able to determine, it has to do with population density. So depending upon how densely populated your area is, you can typically go a little bit tighter or, or wider. Um, I think the, the trick here is to test and see what kind of a geographic area can you target, and you can draw a radius. Um, in your case, just given the way that the area is laid out, you're able to target effectively your geo farm. A lot of you watching may have to target a little bit more broadly than that, but I would still say, you know, it's close enough for jazz. It's, yeah. it's still important to be using the YouTube in-stream ads because they're pretty targeted nonetheless. So please continue. Uh, so it's the target area there. And then, you know, what we do as far as the, um, the ad spend is, I mean, it's, it's based on kind of anyone, everyone else's budget mm. out there. And then from that point, we're, we're rocking our in-stream video and yep. then letting it go. And a lot of times what I like to do is I like to do the first two or three weeks and kind of sample and see how it's performing. Yeah. And then if we need to tweak anything about it, whether it's the opening line mm -hmm. or maybe they just add, didn't perform well. So we need to do another one. But um, so far, you know, I've been really happy with the ads that we've been generating. All right. So I've seen a couple of the ads you're running. And, and mm -hmm. when we say an ad on YouTube, effectively all an ad on YouTube is, is a video you uploaded to your channel and then you put money behind it and targeting behind it. So it does have some organic um, plays to it. I'd love to hear your thoughts if we get to it about organic versus paid. Does the paid cannibalize the organic performance of your channel? We can talk about that. But the videos I've seen, one of them was, uh, I believe it's you guys have a five-part listing process. There's five steps to getting your home sold successfully. And your video is you walking through a property. And it's like you said, there's some funny moments, engaging moments. It's you talking about your value proposition as a listing agent. And then I saw another video that was you inside of another one of your listings. And I want to note that what was interesting about it is you said, we're here in another one of my listings, which means it was implied I've already seen your other video. So there appears to be a sequence of first I watched this and then I watched that. How many videos are you putting money behind as far as ads? And is there any kind of a method to it? So there's a method to it. Um, as far as ads right now, I think we have three circulating. Okay. Um, I, I wanted to kind of back up a little bit because yeah. those these ads, these videos that I'm creating are only for ads and they're unlisted. They are not public facing. Ah. They're not on my channel. Okay. So when I when I'm doing these videos, we're we're filming them with the intent of I don't want it to be seen anywhere else but but YouTube and stream. For okay, ads. that's so smart. Unlisted, and then that, those are the ads I'm running. Uh, as far as the vernacular goes, is I'm in another one of my listings. We put we spend a lot of time trying to like curate that because we want to let people know we have a lot of listings in here. It just happens mm -hmm. to be another one. But how do you get that across without coming across as like a braggadocious, you know, a hole? Just like, so, you like did. that was <laughs> that was the way to do it. I, I felt like was our best way yeah. to do it. So that's it. And and what I've really kind of dialed in on is the things that our team offers as far as listing services. I know a lot of other agents do not do that. I know a lot 
lot of other teams, a domestic partnership, so most of them are, don't offer the systematic approach that we do. So I really, mm. really want to like hammer that home that our team is a true team. We have systems and then we also have protocol. And mm. so that's been kind of like the whole um, inspiration behind getting these you know videos out there because I want people to see that like our team is truly operationally different. Now I have a technical question. You got two or three circulating at all times. How mm. long do you let them run? And then I want to ask you about ad groups and a little bit more of a technical question. But first, let's talk about how long does an ad run for in a campaign? So by default, I normally run it out two weeks, and then I start trying to analyze it after the first week and going into the second. The and you'll extend it if, it, it if it. And then I'll extend it. Yeah, then I'll run it out. Um, generally about a month, and then I try to get something fresh out there. But I've been doing this long enough now where I can still kind of like recirculate older ads and kind of shoot them out there, and then maybe play a little bit around with like because um, now you can do a related video within our ads. Yeah. So different things like that that we've been able to kind of like plug and play and see yeah. if we can get the attention. I've also created different websites as a as a as a landing page for people to go to when they're clicking so mm -hmm. you know it's just like constant experimentation with it but um generally speaking it's between two weeks and four weeks do you ever have a, have a concern about um there's a principle called ad fatigue where if you advertise too much to the same audience they get tired of your ads do you ever have a concern about that i don't because because ours aren't like the same i mean we keep them different and interesting and, and to the point to where it's like you know, the other day, like that first video you talked about with the five steps of our listing process, there's this funny line in there where I say, uh, I'm on this couch and I don't even know who owns it, right? Because right? we right. had it staged. And it's just like this little funny bit that I put in there. But I literally have people come up to me and like quote that to me. And then I have to remember like, oh, crap, I put that in, I put it in an ad. That's right. And now people are quoting my verbiage mm -hmm. that I put in an ad. So I know it's like they watch it because they know I'm going to be doing something different or funny. And, and it's almost like an entertaining aspect where they're, yeah. they're hanging around. So I don't, I'm not worried about the ad fatigue. For us, I, I know some, yeah. some people have like a very generic ad, like, yeah, that, that shit would get tiring. But I mean, ours, we're, we're trying to keep it up. Well, and I would suggest anybody who's maybe concerned about ad fatigue, you can, there's a couple of options. One, when you run YouTube ads, they have what's called an ad sequence where you can literally create conditions where first they have to watch this one before they can see this one. And they have to watch both of these before they can see this one. So you can have a layered effect. There's also a tool called frequency capping inside of your Google ads manager that you can limit the number of times somebody can see your video ads per week or per day. Um, I usually don't recommend messing with it unless you're really running a lot of ads. And the other option is that I think would be interesting for you is if you're running multiple ads at the same time, you could theoretically one, one campaign and then add each video as its own, what's called an ad group, so that the whole budget can pull from all three videos and choose which video is the most appropriate video for any given viewer in the area. So you can create just an everywhere effect, but also have a more efficient budget. That was a little bit more of advanced recommendation, yeah, no. anybody, anybody watching. Um, Ballpark, what would you say you're spending per campaign for a two week uh, run? 500. Okay, so you're putting some money behind it. And do you know about what your cost per view is? Um, I'd have to go back and check, but it was, it was pretty cheap. Yeah. We, cents, like, cents on the dollar. like typically under seven cents per view. Yeah, and remember I, I five is what I, what I do the bid at. Yeah. Okay. So, so you set a bid. If, if I appreciate you remembering that when you run these YouTube ads, you have to set a max bid or a target bid that says, I'd like to pay about five cents per view. Remembering that a view is 30 seconds. If they click skip ad after five seconds, it's free. It doesn't count yep. as a view. And so I guess what I would like to say to anybody watching or listening is these ads are remarkably inexpensive, remarkably inexpensive. And what's more inside of the targeting options, you can target uh, audience segments. I can target just homeowners. You can target just yep. renters. You can target people who are believed to be in market to move soon. You can target people who are in market to buy a house soon because it's Google ads. The amount of targeting 
is ridiculous. And these things <laughs> luxury are luxury awesome. watches, luxury cars, like all you could cool do affinity audiences. Would, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they are, in my opinion, the most underutilized advertising format there is. And that's why I was so excited to talk to you because you're generating one or two listings every month in your farm simply because of those positioning you as the dominant agent. All right, last last bit to talk about, and then we're gonna get out of here because I'm this one's going long <laughs> on accident. <laughs> um, talk about calls to action, and I'll set this up. Generally speaking, when I see a business making a call to action, and this is gonna sound a little bit judgy, I don't mean it to sound judgy. I often hear that call to action spoken as if this is what I want you customer to do. Here's what makes me happy. Here's what benefits me, the business. And what's been so fascinating about your videos is they're the reverse. Your calls to action are really self-removed and they appear to be offered as if the decision rests with the customer. And you're thinking about what they wanna do, not what you want them to do. And therefore I believe that's been impactful in terms of getting more performance on your calls to action. Talk about some of your CTAs. So it's having empathy with the consumer and letting them letting them know that you're aware that like they have choices. Yeah. So I feel like that's how I kind of head into it. And then also knowing that like, I'm not a fit for everyone and I'm totally cool with that. And I want to be very blunt mm. and transparent with you that I might not be the right fit for you. And that's totally cool. Like I'm, I'm super fine with that. So but by like kind of putting that into a phrase as short as you can, but also delivering it to where it's like, you, you know, just organic and genuine. We've worked on that. And, and I think we've really hit a nice little stride where people resonate with it. And it's okay if, if I'm not a fit for them. Like I want that. I would rather know now than like, you know, when I'm putting hours of effort behind it. And I think right. from an overarching theme of everything I do from a marketing standpoint, it's about, I don't want to use the term like a barrier, but it's almost like I want to make it a little bit more challenging for a consumer to enter my space because yeah. then once they're in there, I'm going, they're now part of my, you know, my tribe and I want to now spend the time with them. But if not, that's okay. Like I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. So it's the difference between a forced registration style call to action where you're effectively saying, hey, you want this carrot and stick, and then you're going to force some kind of registration. And that's even present in the language of a lot of people's calls to action versus yours. I actually have a couple of yours. I can remember them. One of your yeah. videos, the one where you talked about your five parts of a successful sale from a listing standpoint, mm -hmm. I remember you ended um, by saying, go check out one of our team's listings. You'll see the difference. It wasn't even a you saying like, hey, go book with this, go do that. It was permission to go do something independent of me. You didn't even involve yourself. And I believe that was a really powerful call to action, just given the fact that when people are on YouTube, they're not necessarily looking up your ads. They just happen to see your ads. And so their willingness to take action on that ad is probably very limited. But a call to action like that was memorable. And there was another one you shared that I was, I, I loved the call to action. It was simply click to see if our team's a good fit for you. Again, it was very customer centric, not click to see why our team's better than everybody else. And I found that to be refreshing. And I believe the customer is responding because they too find it to be refreshing. I wonder if you have any other thoughts around calls to action or wisdom you might offer to the viewers today. I think it's just about, you know, for us, we, we know we sell a lot of real estate and I've never been a guy to brag about production or volume or, you know, I'm selling this or that. I like to, to show people I do it, but like, how do you put, communicate that without coming across again as like a braggadocious a-hole. Mm -hmm. So for us, it was like, you know, subtle little words that we'll throw in. Then it's like, you know, another one of my listings, like here we are, like yep. check out one of our other listings. Cause you'll notice a difference. It's like implying, like I have other listings. I don't need to brag about them, but I really want to encourage you to go check them out because I promise you, you're going to see a difference. And maybe that works for you. Maybe it doesn't, but I think trying to you know, for me, it's like, I, I'm, I try to be a humble guy. Maybe I'm not always the most humble of, of people. Oh, you're so humble. Like, 
<laughs> but I, I really try to be like, uh, you know, I, I, I try to be, and I definitely want yeah. the consumer to see that. And I think, um, I, I think you know, if, come- if I could jump in, I think what's yeah. evident in your videos, and maybe this creates a point of understanding for the viewer and listener today, it's a lot of people approach it. Hey, here's why you should pick me, pick me, yeah. pick, I'm over here. Pick me. You appear to say, here's what I want for you. This is what I want for you. I want this for you. You deserve this. And that language absolutely makes a consumer think, I do deserve that. And Shane's the guy to bring about that level of service for me and for my family making this decision to sell our home. I hope that maybe articulates it a little bit. Yeah, you're a lot better with words than I am, Jason. I just say a lot of words. It's not that I'm better. I just talk really you do, fast. Yeah. Your WPM is incredibly fast. I, I hear every time I go on the road somewhere, somebody says, you're the only person I can't put at 1.2 or 1.3 no. speed or whatever. I, I'm like, they have to slow me down. I'm the only person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So I it's agree. a badge of honor for me, truly. Um, all right. So just in conclusion, looking at your farming strategy, uh, it's a multi-layered approach. I love it. Yeah. It's very customer centric. Uh, your marketing comes from a standpoint of you immersing yourself in the community, being a part of the community, not worrying so much about how many leads you get, but just serving. And it's crazy when you start to serve like that, people start to line up because they want to be a part of it. So I wonder if you have any closing thoughts of wisdom for the folks listening or watching. Something you had said a month or so ago to us was um, like a local celebrity, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember this yeah. this call, but it's something that's like deeply resonated with me. And it's something that like, you know, it's like you hear it and you're like, ah, oh, celebrity, local celebrity, what does that mean? But like, once you start actually thinking about it, understanding, like now I'm at a point where I, it's very challenging for me. If I walk into a, our Publix, which is our grocery store in the area or anywhere else, like there's a very high probability I'm going to be recognized every time. And I think that that is an effort of, of all of the layered marketing approaches that we've done. And as someone in real estate, as someone that lives in the area that has children in this, you know, local school systems here and sells a lot of real estate here, like that is what I want. And that is something that like, when you put a phrase on it, I was like, Absolutely. That's what I'm striving for, local celebratory status. Um, and that's something that I've just been really kind of holding on to. So I think any other agent that's in a you know similar subdivision as I am or suburban area, like becoming that local celebrity should be viewed as a great thing, not kind of like a weird, do I yeah. want to be the celebrity thing? Because you're in sales and at the end of the day, like you need to have conversations. With people. Well, and, and maybe if the word celebrity is off-putting to somebody watching or listening, you might even say a local leader. You are clearly yeah. known at the city gates. You are a local leader in your community and you've led and people are following. And isn't that what everybody wants to build community and to be a part of that community? That's that's what everybody yeah. signed up for when they took this gig. Man, you've been awesome. Thank you for sharing all this. I'm sure there's loads of additional questions. Drop those in the comments. I think maybe we could do a, a follow-up round on this video and talk more about YouTube ads. Uh, no matter how technical your question is or your thoughts are, just load them in the comments. We'll look at those and we'll see about round two. And I want to hear from you. What kind of an ad are you going to run in your local marketplace on YouTube to position yourself to win and earn more listings? Shane, thank you for being on the show today. And for everybody who tuned in to watch or listen, thank you so much. Make sure to share this with one of your peers and your referral group. And until next week, this is This Week in Marketing. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, everyone, for listening.